Welcome back, friends, to Hope is a Prayer Away. I am your host, Pastor JJ. And in today's Bible study, we're going to be looking at, I want to be like Barnabas. Who was Barnabas in the Bible? So we're familiar with the 12 apostles of Jesus in the Bible, as well as with Saul, later named Paul, and responsible for writing most of the books in the New Testament. But there are other great men and women of, of faith also mentioned throughout Scripture, and one of them is one of my favorites, Barnabas, was highly influential when it came to sharing the gospel. But who was Barnabas in the Bible, and what can we learn from him? So, most of what we know about Barnabas comes from the book of Acts, which is the Acts of the Apostles, which details his ministry both alongside Paul and in general as he traveled throughout Judea and Asia Minor, spreading the good news to all who would hear, and the good news we know is the gospel. Now, according to the International Encyclopedia of Bible Characters, Barnabas was a Levite from Cyprus who led not only Jews, but many Gentiles to the Christian faith. And Acts 11.24 identifies Barnabas as a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, who brought a great number of people to the Lord. That's out of the NIV. Barnabas' travels and ministry for Jesus are described throughout the book of Acts, as well as mentioned in Galatians, 1 Corinthians, and Colossians. We first see his name mentioned in Acts 4, verses 36 through 37, where it describes how Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Indeed, this pension for encouragement, support, and generosity would stay with him. So when we saw how Paul, then known as Saul, had become a fervent follower of Christ, Barnabas took to then unknown disciple under his wing and introduced him to the other apostles in Jerusalem. These other apostles were afraid of Saul, Paul, because of Paul's past actions, but Barnabas vouched for him. And because of this, the new convert, Paul, the apostle Paul, stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem. In other words, Barnabas really opened up the door in the ministry for Paul because everybody was scared of him. Remember that Paul was instrumental in stoning the first deacon, Stephen, to death. So he needed Barnabas to vouch for him and to, and, to, and to open the door, so to speak, for his ministry uh, so that he can start moving about in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord, as is recorded in Acts 9.28. Later passages detail how Barnabas was doing the work of God in Antioch, but decided to find Paul so the two could work together for the faith 
That's found in Acts 11, 22 through 25. The church grew steadily and under the leadership and their leadership leader partnership, both in size and finances. While the two later disagreed over a ministry colleague and parted ways, their efforts for Jesus netted tremendous results and helped spread the faith far and wide. Now, what was Barnabas's background? As a Levite, Barnabas would have been raised a Jew, most likely wealthy, and schooled in Hebrew and religious foundational instructions. References in the Bible indicate that he was a respected figure. In Acts 14 and verse 12, Barnabas was referred to as Zeus, while his companion Paul, who did most of the speaking, was called Hermes. So, to the ancient Greeks, Zeus was the lead god, considered the god of the sky and thunder and ruler of all gods, of all other gods and goddesses on Mount Olympus. So, the reference to Barnabas as Zeus would have been an acknowledgement of his leadership and authority and possibly also his age and stature. Easton, in his Bible dictionary, noted Barnabas was born of Jewish parents of the tribe of Levi and probably educated as a Pharisee in the school of Gamaliel. And of course, it was Barnabas's introduction that Paul was first welcomed into the Jewish Christian apostolic sphere in Jerusalem upon Paul's conversion. Was Barnabas one of the apostles? Yes, Barnabas was considered an apostle. While, not, while he was not one of the original twelve, he nevertheless was set apart with Paul by the Holy Spirit and sent out by the early church to spread the new, uh, good news across the land. And in that sense, sent out as an itinerary missionary, to spread the message of Jesus to others, he was an apostle. In fact, in the book of Acts, the writer titles the missionary pair as the Apostles Barnabas and Paul, as found in Acts 14.14. 14. And notice, friends, Barnabas had, at this point in their ministry, he was mentioned first. So while the Bible does not mention how Barnabas died, he reportedly was martyred for his faith, like some of the other apostles. It is believed that he was either stoned or burned to death in Salami's Cyprus. How was Barnabas connected to Paul? Easton, in his Bible dictionary, believes that Barnabas and Paul probably knew each other because they had been taught together in the school of Gamaliel. But while Barnabas was the one who did the primary introduction, it appears that Paul, with his zeal for speaking, soon became well known for his evangelism efforts. After Barnabas found Paul in Tarsus in Acts 11:25 to 26, they pooled their energies and established a foundational church in Antioch which is also where the first Christ followers became known as Christians. Isn't that awesome? Their work expanded, and in Acts 13 and verse 2, the Holy Spirit called for Barnabas, 
along with Saul, Paul, to be set apart for the holy work. Now, prior to this, the Bible named the pair in that order, Barnabas and Saul. But around this time, something clearly had shifted, and they became known in reverse order. Paul first, Barnabas second. And the word of God continued to flourish, and they soon, and this, and soon they brought another disciple, John Mark, with them to many places throughout the region, from Seleucia to Cyprus to Salamis, and then to Paphos. Expelled finally by the Jewish leaders for their work with the Gentiles, they moved on to spread the gospel in Iconium, Lystria and Derby, eventually back to Antioch. Around this time, over a deep disagreement with other apostles about whether or not Gentile believers needed to be circumcised, the pair traveled to Jerusalem to settle the matter. When all was resolved, the Gentiles would not be required to be circumcised, as they were saved, as Peter said, by the grace of the Lord Jesus alone. Amen. Acts 15 and verse 11. And Barnabas and Paul delivered the encouraging message to the people in Antioch. That is when the two had a sharp disagreement that they parted ways or they parted company in Acts 15, 39. They were quarreling over whether or not to bring John Mark along with them after John Mark had deserted them. They chose to go their separate ways. Barnabas took John Mark, his cousin, and sailed for Cyprus, while Paul took Silas and headed through Syria and Sicilia. And in his letter to the Galatians, Paul spoke harshly about his friend and brother in the ministry, noting that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. And that can be found in Galatians 2.13. So we know that Paul was not a person to, to hold back words, and he spoke what he felt. Still, it appears that the quarrel resolved itself over time, and what appears to be a gesture of reconciliation, at the close of Paul's letter to the Colossians, Paul offers these forgiving and grace-filled words. Quote, unquote, my fellow prisoner, Aristarchus, Send you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. And that's found in Colossians 4.10. So while the two appear to have no longer been ministry partners, they were still brothers in Christ. Now, what can Christians learn from Barnabas? Barnabas was someone who had worldly respect, wealth, Another standing and gave it all up for Jesus. Something today's Christians would do well to learn from. As a Levite who owned property, he heeded the words of Jesus in Matthew 19.21 when Jesus told the young man of wealth how to get eternal life. Go, sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come and follow me. Barnabas sold his field and put the money at the feet of the apostles 
as found in Acts 4.37. He then spent the rest of his life traveling as a missionary, leading others to Jesus at great personal risk. He also saw Paul, the very man he'd taken under his protection, rise to greater fame in the ministry world. Yet Barnabas did not falter. He persisted in his work. Even after he and Paul parted ways over a quarrel, even after Paul blasted him for going astray from hypocrisy as we read in Galatians 2.13, Barnabas stood fast. He led others to Christ and did an extraordinary work for the kingdom. In conclusion, friends, Barnabas was truly a man of encouragement, as his name means. And he gave his life to the church and sacrificed much for the faith. And he, along with Paul and other Christian leaders of his time, were instrumental in spreading the gospel across the land and converting great numbers, both Jew and Gentile. And because of him and others like him today, we know Jesus, and we can honor Barnabas by sharing our testimony and sharing the good news near and far, no matter the risk. Amen? And with that, I would like to ask you, friends, today is April the, th uh, April the 3rd, and we know that in the news there's, uh, there's carnage and abuses and war crimes against the people of, uh, of Ukraine. And let us not forget that we have brothers and sisters all around the world. We have brothers and sisters in Ukraine. We also have brothers and sisters in Russia. Let us please pray for them. Please pray for their, for their well-being. Also pray for all of the innocent people that are being slaughtered by this monster that uh, that we call Putin. I won't even glorify his first name. But I, I do believe, friends, that things are happening right now before our eyes that I believe. And this is not a special revelation. I don't want you to misinterpret. This is not that God has spoken to me directly because that is not true. I am telling you with the little bit of knowledge that I have in studying the word, it is my belief that friends, we're getting close. There's a lot of things happening that we've never seen before. Never did we think that in the United States we would have shortages of food, you know? And things are happening that are beyond our control. So let us pray. And if you, are listening to this podcast today, friend, and you've never accepted Jesus, I want you to know that he wants to have fellowship with you. He died for you. He loves you. And he wants to forgive all of your sins and remember them not. He's not a, a God of anger and he's not waiting to, to punish you. No, friends. Jesus is humble. He has a humble heart. And 
I ask you to please picture in your mind yourself extending your hand to someone that you want to greet and that that person walks by and doesn't even acknowledge you. And then I ask you to think of Jesus extending his hand out to you over the days and months and years and you just walking by and he's looking at you wanting to have fellowship with you but you know friends Christianity is a relationship and it takes two people and God doesn't force himself on anyone but he's always willing to accept you and if you would like to have Jesus in your life today I'm going to lead you in prayer and I would ask you to please pray along Lord Jesus, I come before your throne. I ask you for forgiveness of all of my sins. I ask you to please, Lord, come into my life and become my Lord and my Savior. This day I take your hand and I ask you to please walk with me and be my God. Guide me, love me, protect me. You know the situation that I find myself in. Please make a way for me, Lord. Please guide me. I want to spend eternity in heaven with you, with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen, Lord, and amen. And friend, if you said that prayer, I do believe that you were born again. I encourage you to please buy yourself a Bible that you can understand. I want you to look at the Bibles and see which one stands out to you. See which one you read and it bounces back to you. That's the Bible that you need to buy. And then I would encourage you to take copious notes of all of the information that you learn in your weekly uh, Bible school. And then when you go to Sunday school. And then when you go to, 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 to get your sermon on Sundays. And gather all of that information. But before you delve into it, I would, I would tell you that pray. Pray that God would give you the understanding to understand all the information that you're going to be processing. Secondly, ask the Lord to cause you to remember. So that you can remember the words and where in the Bible it was that you read what you uh, what you learned. So just in case someone needs to hear that same word, you can help them. And we help them humbly. Amen. Friends, I always close all of my podcasts out in remembrance of the pastor with the best phrase I have ever heard. His name was John H. Osteen, and my wife and I would always look at his sermons on TV, and he would close every sermon with the following phrase, and he would say, remember, friends, to keep Jesus first place in your life, and he will take you places that you've never dreamed of. Amen. Friends. Thank you for your time and the privilege of being able to share Christ with you. 
and I will look forward to talking with you tomorrow on our podcast. May his blessings and protections be upon you and yours today and always in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you.